Hey guys, so before I go into today's episode of the podcast, I just want to make an announcement. So if you are new to the podcast or if you've been listening to the beginning, thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this. But I just want to make a special announcement that my first ever book is going to be coming out on the 3rd of December 2021. And The title of the book is The No-Nonsense Approach to Female Fat Loss and this is something that has been brewing for quite a while and it's something that I'm very, very passionate about and inside the book you'll be kind of looking at how to understand your menstrual cycle, how to understand your cravings, when to push your training, when to ease off your training, how to train and eat during your pregnancy and train around it, PCOS, how to understand endometriosis, amenorrhea, which is lack of a cycle. The pill is beneficial. What type of pill is more beneficial? Does it does it impact your sex drive? We talk about perimenopause and menopause, and we talk about thyroid, and there's many other topics that we talk about. So it's fairly in depth. It's going through every single stage uh, that a woman can go through, and it's fairly in depth. A lot of research, a lot of effort's been put into it. So I'm super super excited to announce that the book is available for pre-order through the link in the episode notes and it will be available through the link in my bio on instagram at shane walsh fitness or if you want to head over to shanewalshfitness.com forward slash pre-order the book and you can get all the details there it will be available on amazon from the 3rd of december as well which i'm super super excited for so i hope you guys enjoy the episode hope you guys enjoy the book any questions on the book let me know but i'm super super excited and hope you guys get a copy hey guys and welcome to the next episode of the shane walsh podcast so today is coach's corner volume 24 i think and i'm never sure i'm really bad at keeping a track of them but uh, i think this one has been kind of coming in an awful lot through q a's through comments that kind of clients um have kind of made and i think from dallas's clients jane's clients have, have made it but I think it's more and more common, uh, the whole fear of weight gain. And it's one of those things that kind of, as a society, we're kind of in a world where we're kind of consumed of how we look all the time. And it seems like it's very difficult to avoid a running commentary on how we look and how our bodies should look and all this kind of stuff. So this episode is kind of trying to get away from moving away from that stigma, how the tools that we've implemented on ourselves, implemented with others, um and but there's going to be questions that you guys can't in on a Q&A but first of all Dallas how are we absolutely smitten nice and nippy outside the weather has changed I like it it makes my sleep so much better really oh cold cool room the cool room is good though for the sleep oh so cold honestly as uh the Coors Light ad where uh Mr. Claude Van Damme says like his nipples are talking to him. That's how cold it is. Oh, and the core is that. Yeah. And he's just like so cold that you split the ice. And you're like, yes. Um, how's your prep going for your competition? Good. All's good. Um, what? Sunday, everything opens. So pretty much half a marathon and then all this strength comes. I'm actually looking forward to that. It's very Except- different. So it'll be interesting to see. Ah, yeah. Some PBs all around, except for maybe the kettlebells. I hate the kettlebells. That is woeful. Like, do as many freaking uh, clean and jerk kettlebells in 30 minutes. So as many reps for as long time as you can. Absolutely woeful. Like, oh, thank you. I, I would just love to be able to train again. Stop being stressed. It's not even stressed. It's like a trap nerve on my fucking trap. And it's very annoying. It's very just uncomfortable. 
Um, you can just, you know, kind of just cut it out. You know, that's that's okay. I'm going to try kneeling tomorrow, so I'll see what happens. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I have to get it in two places because I have an IT band who's tight, so I'm getting it in my glute and I'm getting it in my trap. Ooh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to have a spasmy buttock for a while, I'd say. Um, you should uh, record it for Instagram. <laughs> if you watch this, you'll be hypnotized. <laughs> this will make you stop doing stupid shit. Um, okay, so the first question that kind of came in on the Q&A, Das, I'm going to let you kind of lead this one a little bit, um, is how to deal with other people's judgment, like comments like, oh, she put the weight back on. So how do we, what advice would you give in that in that whole side of things? Because I think a lot of people hear it. A lot of people do get judged by how they look. Mm. Um, I think more often not that people do actually mean well. They think they're being supportive and other times are saying things with, like us on a podcast, we say things before we actually realize we've actually said something. No. <laughs> and sometimes people are just twats. So that's me and F's the stuff I didn't think. <laughs> exactly. In terms of that, it's, I always like the approach of from a self-esteem side of things, but also it's just before you, we dive onto that part of it, it's what is the true issue with somebody saying, their opinion after all it's opinion and if you dig deep enough to find out what is actually connecting with you often that's going to give you a lot more information of what you're feeling and how you're feeling and why it triggered you for instance like we always know that it's like if something triggers you it's an issue on your side not their side (laughs) because as we often have spoken on this podcast that if you are called a yellow monkey and a purple dishwasher as you always like to go about it it's not going to trigger you because it has nothing to do with you but if someone happened to call you fat for instance you automatically internalize that because it's something that you internally feel about yourself so it's like if someone is going to be saying these things you can often look at it and go right is this a belief you hold or something about yourself or is this linked to your self-esteem and when it's linked to your self-esteem, it's often going to be an issue for you in the long term because you have a negative view of yourself. You don't value yourself. You don't see yourself as worthy. So if someone links something that you believe bad to yourself, which is weight gain, well, then clearly it's going to have an issue with you because your value is I can only be of worth to someone if I'm thin, which is effectively bullshit. Sorry. Exactly. So it's like once you address where it's coming from, once you address maybe the belief you have or why it stemmed from it, well, then you can move past that aspect of what was said. But it still comes down to it's a someone's opinion. It's not a fact. Gaining weight's a good thing. It's their full position, not only for your body to be healthy, but it's also if you are in a healthy position, you're enjoying your body the way it is, who cares what other people think? But we've based society on how other people see us instead of how we internally perceive ourselves and see us see ourselves i think it's important that the other person doesn't necessarily have to justify why they've said something either so if you take offense to something and then you potentially go at someone for making that comment they don't need to justify why they've said anything because all they've said is words 
you've put the meaning to those words. Like Dallas just said there, the purple monkey dishwasher thing. Um, you have no right to get offended. Like you're giving yourself, you're attached to pain somewhere in your life from either a comment as a kid, potentially slimming clubs. You have a perfect example recently when you were talking to one of your clients recently about a painful time during a slimming club. I'm going to let you take it away. Obviously, don't mention the client's name, but I guarantee the client's listening. I should know who it is. Yeah, but effectively, just they end up having a comment based on their weight, more of a, not really a comment, but more just a reaction to a bit of a weight increase. And said client can still remember the feelings in the body, the feelings of disappointment, but also how they internally felt. They can remember the face, they can remember all those things. It's effectively scarred them in a sense for life and it's like when we attach to those things but we also don't recognize that time changes everything that's the beauty but if we keep holding on to some of these scarred moments we're inevitably creating the same behavior that brought us to that situation over and over and over again we have to have the ability of stepping away from these comments, from these ideas, from these negative thoughts. It's like the way I like to describe it is for anyone who's listening, if you pick up a bottle, if you pick up a piece of paper, whatever it may be, and project all of your inner thoughts, all of your negative ideas that come to your head and you hold it out as far as you can away from your body, it's going to feel heavy. The longer and longer you hold it, you're going to feel your arms start to drip and it's going to get down. That's you trying to push all these thoughts away. It's like, yes, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. You know, I don't like that. I don't like that. Right. And there's going to be a time where your hand finally crashes down and now you hit with this overwhelm from all of those feelings. But if you take that bottle, piece of paper, whatever it is, and place it on your lap, it's closer to the body. It doesn't feel as heavy. It's not a burden. You know where it is. It's still there, but effectively what you're doing is you've just sat there with the thoughts, the feelings, the emotions. You give it, it its own space so it doesn't bog you down. It's a hard process to start with, but once you recognize that, you can start stepping away from these comments. They don't, they're don't; not there to control you. They don't bubble up anymore because when they come there, you're like, I'm sitting with it. And if you want to name it, we're going to name it Shane, for instance. I'm sitting with Shane. Shane might be telling me things that I don't like. Are these things facts? No. Is it warning me of imminent danger? No. Well, then I don't need to listen to this. This is not something that's going to help me. And it's okay for Shane to sit there and for me to carry on with my life. So what you're practicing doing is sitting with the feelings, accepting those feelings, and then moving past them. Because you're recognizing that the person can sit there for all eternity and you can still carry on your life. But when you let the person gain as much momentum, effectively slide down the mountain, it comes crashing in and destroying everything you've built. Instead of you going, there's your place, you have that place, and I'm going to do everything else that benefits me. I think it's also coming from a point of view that it might not even be the fear of weight gain for some people it's more likely the beliefs that come with the weight gain that create the actual fear itself. Like we're attached to this ideology of that we need to look and 
be a certain weight to be happy. But from having coached a hell of a lot of people at this stage is whenever they get to a certain weight, human nature wants more. Yeah. This, what's the name of the book? You, I'm reading the book that you recommended me, The Status Thing. Oh, the Status Game. Um, which one? Uh, from Robert Green. No, the new one from, oh, I can't remember the author's name. Um, they kind of talk about that, like as human nature, we 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 quest for status more than we actually quest for wealth, and that status for a lot of a lot of people will be associated with could be with how they look, how they feel, how they are perceived, and their actual weight. And that's one of the things that they talk about is that we actually don't quest for money; we actually quest for kind of like how we're perceived and status and stuff like that. And if we believe that we need to be looking a certain way in order to be succeed succeeded or be accepted by society. That story is the thing that's actually gaining weight rather than the actual person that's gaining the weight. Yeah. And we have to look at it from a point of view is if you gain weight, does that mean you have failed? The answer is no, but you have to look at it. If the answer is yes, why are you attaching weight as a measure of failure and success? And it cannot be from a slimming club reasons. They do not help the situation, but it cannot be that's, that's projecting your concern and your image and your esteem onto and blaming it on something else rather than accepting it and actually sitting it with there. You need to believe that you have to check in with how your, your body image is perceived by yourself. There's an amazing uh, kind of analogy by I think it's like Carolyn Coston. She says that like body image work is like a check, check engine, like turning off the light, weight loss, doesn't address the root issue. We have to look under the hood to discover where the issues properly stem from. And that's one of the things that like, just because when you give a proper example, guys, isn't this right now? Don't look at myself and Dallas right now and say, and judge us with what we weigh. You may judge us by what we look and stuff like that, but that's your, that's your agenda. That's your values. But you don't judge us by what we weigh. But yes, you judge yourself by that brush. So how is that conducive to what you want to do? Like, you need to explore the actual thing. Does it, the fear actually come from the people making the comments on your body size because you feel that you need to be accepted? But are those stories actually true? If that story was true, that means that no overweight person would ever be in a relationship, would never be able to go on a date. And that's not the case. Perhaps you kind of need to set a boundary that comes from when people are making the comments, taking yourself out of the situation, create your own boundaries, honor those boundaries. If someone's making a comment about you, simply saying thank you. You don't necessarily need to like get offended because that's fueling that fire again. You can walk out of the room, change the subject, or you just say you don't really want to speak about weight loss or dieting. I think what's happening for an awful lot of people is particularly in offices and back in with schools and stuff like that. They're in the break room and they're kind of getting comments of like, oh, what diet are on? Why are you losing weight and stuff? The, you need to foster the acceptance of what you are now before thinking you can actually be accepted by everyone else when you are actually accepting the person that's looking in you in the mirror. That's the hardest part for most people. We're great at putting ourselves down, 
but we do not want to do the uncomfortable work. You almost have to like kind of reparent yourself in that you have to like speak to yourself like as if a parent was talking to you about kind of like an arm or arm over the shoulder rather than a punch in the ribs. Unless, like, unfortunately, that could happen as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's not going to be conducive. But if you put your arm around your shoulder and ask, well, ask yourself, do you have the capacity to explore this right now? Yes or no? If no, put it in a container in your mind and tuck it away for therapy or journaling later on in the day or whenever it may be or a week. If yes, you might likely, you might want to explore these questions or steps. A, what is the source of this fear? Is there a certain story I'm telling myself? Probably is. Do I hold particular beliefs about my body getting bigger? Is it that I'm not going to get a date? Is it not going to be in a relationship? Is it going to be that I won't be accepted by my friends? All stories. Is B, is my fear trying to protect me from anything? Getting hurt in relationships, not willing to kind of put yourself out there that little more. Is that the reason that's protecting you? C, do I have beliefs that certain needs that could be met by losing weight? Example, I believe that I will be more lovable in a smaller body. What evidence do you have that to, to support that? Or is that the famous two words that Dallas and I think say on repeat on a daily basis? I think I might get a cool story button. Every time I feel like saying it, it's just got a cool story. So that's the X on, on Britain's Got Talent or something. We're going to have a soundboard. Yeah, we're going to get a soundboard. That's what we're going to get for the podcast. If anyone wants to make a donation, <laughs> Dallas has no only fans. We also need to allow yourself to be sad, frustrated, angry. But the anger has to be put into a direction that is conducive not pressing the fuck it button because pressing the fuck it button hasn't served you in any way long-term. It may give you this little glimpse of kind of like dopamine or serotonin hit briefly, but it's not going to serve you. It's like puncturing all four tires in your car and expecting it to fucking move in the direction you want to go. Doesn't serve a purpose. So when you're ready, you ask yourself, what might a loving parent say to your child if they were feeling this way? And more often than not, they'll say it will be okay. It you will get through this. Let's have a look at why we're feeling this way. What happened? What was the trigger? Is it an actual true statement that we're going to go through? Because we're all great at telling these stories. If you ever look at kids and stuff, they're like amazing storytellers. They create absolute world of imaginations. And sometimes, if you ask one kid that was in a fight with the other kid, the two kids would have a different story altogether. It's the same thing. I love watching it. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, like we're all fantastic telling stories, but we latch onto the negative stories more easy, so much easier. Yeah. We need to kind of remove and create a new way of learning and kind of like try to move away from like fat phobia in inverted commas and recognize that the work that you are doing is like your college exams. The work you're going to do, you know that that's a four-year exam. Yeah, Dallas is like, fuck you, college. Um, <laughs> college work is like, you know, you're going to sign up for your degree is like three or four years. You know it's going to take that long, length of time. You know there's going to be exams that may not go to plan. You may may not be there for a couple of months because for whatever reason. The progress won't be linear, but you know that if you put the work in over time and you set yourself a potential deadline or whatever, maybe you're going to get to the end goal. Yeah. So why is this not being applied to your own overcoming getting stuck in the fear of weight gain because you making this 
we fuse with the stories. That's why. From acceptance and commitment theory, you have diffusion and infusion, right? Fusion, you go towards the fuse, you go away, right? We fuse with the stories because in a way of looking at it from a neuroprotective way, if you recognize the negative before the positive, you survive longer. Well, we don't live in a caveman era anymore, do we? So the first thing we do is instead of questioning it when we see a negative, we go, no, that is right, because that's going to keep me safe. Instead of going, is this really the way to look at it? Is there an alternate view? We rather rely on old archaic systems that have taken a millennia to evolve, and then we're going to take thousands more years to evolve. We just rather go, no, it's easier. It's not. It's still comfortable being in that position. Whatever comes to mind first, whatever I see first, that is it. That's the way. Move on. I think it's also important to kind of like explore kind of what needs you actually may have. So like, if the if the if the if the comment that's been made on how your body is and your body size, you need to kind of set the boundary for what we've spoken about. But does the actual fear of people saying that to you come from what not what not wanting to buy new clothes if you actually got bigger? So like for a lot of people, clothes are a bonus. It's what makes us feel comfortable that when we get the right shirts or trousers or whatever like that, we feel a million dollars. But if we feel that we're going to put on weight, that may we may not be able to necessarily wear so-called the clothes that we want or the nicer clothes. But perhaps actually consider trading some of those older clothes that you may have and potentially look at other options or other brands that kind of may have the more flexible material or stretchy new jeans or whatever it is, or go for leggings. I can't, I like leggings have, I think, have taken over the world. Uh, I get beautiful. Yeah. Um, but they're so comfortable. And but what this can do is it can foster acceptance and help you make peace with your actual body. Because ultimately you're wearing the same style of clothes, and maybe it's just a different label on us on the actual brand of the clothes, but it's also allowing you to foster acceptance that I can still wear the clothes that I feel good in. They may just be a flexier material. They don't necessarily have to be a size up or whatever. Maybe they could be a size up, but a size up doesn't mean failure. That's a story that's also being attached. It's like, if I go a size up, I failed. Yeah. According to what? What what story have you? I get it as well. Like, it's something as well, like I would say, we've got the whole body positive movement, but, you know, sometimes it's good to practice body neutral, you know, neutrality there. It's... Things don't have to be a positive or negative. You can be smack bang in the middle. It doesn't give you any feeling of happiness and doesn't give you any feeling of apathy. It's perfect. I'll put it this way. I was probably getting more comments on how I looked in a positive light when I was at my leanest. But when I was at my leanest, I was probably at my own happiness. 99% of people, that is pretty much how it works. Yeah, so we we think we're going to get, we're probably going to be the opposite of Getting all these comments will give you validation temporarily. They'll give you this little light bulb and say, right, this is great. Let's do this more. But yeah. ultimately, the light will need replacing at some point and the light will go out and you're not going to be in any stronger position. And you'll need to realize that abs are okay, but they're 
for, or overrated for an awful lot of people. I think a lot of a lot of people don't necessarily realize that abs are a lot harder work than people want to realize. <laughs> if someone is coming from a guilt background and emotional eating background, yeah. a binge eating background, abs are not going to be your should not be your primary target right now. Your primary target right now should not be weight loss. It should not be body composition. It should not be weight loss. It should not be weight gain. It should be doing the inner work, setting boundaries with you and yourself and giving yourself that that diet of unconditional permission to have the foods that you enjoy. You are probably eating those foods already. The difference is you're saying, I can have this. And if this voice of reason or if this illogical voice, should I say, comes in and says, well, I can't have this. And you're like, why? Because it'll make me gain fat. How? It can't. No food in isolation can make you, make you gain fat. The word of fucking sins. It's a marketing gimmick. If I called the same term of bad food which is what sins essentially is you can have as many sins as you want in order to kind of lose the weight if i called it a i don't know give me some stupid word if i call it i can have as many bananas as you want thinking avocado yeah i have, I have an empty banana skin beside me here so can i think of bananas avocado um macados that's oh macado um but if you can have as many macados as you want um, in order to lose weight, you'll test the boundary. You'll push it to the limit and you'll probably get like, not very, you'll probably get very far, but you'll probably also like, you, you'll, there'll be feast or famine. You'll be like, I can have this unconditional. So why can't you do that anyway when you're doing the chocolate? So there's no real difference. It's the same rules with sins, but it's just putting it into a right directive. The sins thing is harmful. It's not, it's not positive. It's a made up fucking gimmick that the, the, some of the companies made up in order to kind of get by in and, and sell people stuff. And mm. it was created by people who have no fucking formal education in the actual uh, diet thing. And there's quotes from the people who have created it saying the reason why that model is created is to make more revenue. Oh, yeah. And I think one of the craziest things that I've actually found out a couple of weeks ago that uh, Slimming World and the likes of them actually are some of the biggest benefactors for uh, nutritional studies. But did you hear the, the thing over in the UK that uh, with the obesity crisis, they were going to go to send the people who are obese to slimming clubs? Yeah, that's going to help. That's like fucking putting fire on a gas on a, on some gas. That's not on gasoline. That's not going to fucking help the situation. It has to start with the education. It has to start with the, the actual compassion element. It's the stuff that people don't want to do. And I think when people realize when they start working with us, is we do things an awful lot differently. And one of the one of the girls sent me a message this morning. She was like, I've been on 1200 calories for a very long time. Now had never understood how my body ticked, never understood why I was getting triggered by certain things. And it was it was amazing to get that message because once she was in the position to want to change, there was there was dips. There was kind of like there wasn't a straight line of progress, but there was also the progress of being able to be in the position saying right if i show up more often than i don't for myself i am going to win this battle if you let everyone else dictate how you operate your life 
you are living off their values. If they said to jump in front of traffic, you would you do it? And more often than not, I really hope you would say no, uh, but you wouldn't do it. So why are you holding? One, are you, oh, the other thing is, you, you, are you? Would you swap places with those people? More often than not, the people that are making those comments are projecting their own insecurities onto you. Everyone has insecurities. Oh, 100%. It's just reminding me of psychoanalysis class in terms of like counter transfers between therapist and uh, client patient there in a sense that we often have to ensure that we are not projecting our own insecurities because we know, oh, look, I can see a person's insecurities, but it's actually our own being reflected back at us. And that's often what we see. Like think about it from another point of view. Some of the things you hate about people is often the very things that you do not like about yourself. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. It's like, well, take a look at it. See some of the people that are near you that you actually cannot withstand and then see why. And then you start noticing the patterns within yourself. And there's a reason why. It's because you haven't accepted them in self, otherwise known as a shadow self. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember the name of the book that that is in. Uh, where is it? Loving What Is by Byron Katie. She talks about that. So if anyone wants an audiobook to listen to, Loving What Is by Byron Katie, she talk about it, but she also got she also gets people up at her talks to go through it. And they're like, Well, my auntie or my mom is is doing this behavior or whatever it is. And she's like, This is because this is you and you're projecting it. So it's it's it is a um a lot of the things that we do, we don't actually realize that we do it it's somewhere along the line that you've learned the behavior the one thing that okay i'm gonna ask you a different question Dallas, in relation to with the fear of weight gain and you're coming from a background of say a parent or a grandparent is always kind of like judging other people on how they look and it has been what you've grown up around how to rewire that side of things to go in the direction you want to go because if you've been in that if you've if that's been what you've subjected to for like your your younger years and your teens and now you're in your say your 40s or your 50s it's hard to rewire so what kind of tools have you got there you can use more socratic questioning on yourself so a therapist would go through in terms of where's the origin so we know obviously grandparents or family so it's like where did we get to learn this and then you go through implication and consequence questions so it's like what are we implying by that what did the effect would this have but you simply writing these things out and actually verbalizing it it starts to give you that ability to start seeing an alternative view so one of the questions would be what is an alternative to not having this then you go through viewpoint and perspective questions so it's like why have I chosen this perspective rather than a different perspective? Because it's like, yes, somebody might have been around you showing it, but you chose that you learned that behavior and you chose to keep it going. So it's like, if you can now question why you do it. So it's like, how would this influence yourself? What is those alternative? If someone had to disagree with you, what would you say? Then another way of also doing it is your positive affirmations can be brought in to help you change neurally. So if you want to think about it, every single behavior that we do is 
effectively hard coded into the body, right? We've, if you do it without thinking, you have learned this behavior, right? So that means if you're going to change it, you need to disrupt the cycle. So when you notice it, you need to do something to change that. So Mel Robbins uses the countdown, five, four, three, two, one, right? And the reason she uses the countdown is to swap you from internalizing to actually being present. You could use breathing work or you could call it out when it's occurring. So if you notice a pattern's being occurred, you call it out. It's giving us time to stop the pattern occurring. The more you disrupt the pattern, the more you can then change the pattern and bring something new in. So for instance, if you notice that you look at people in a bad way, or you look and notice and go, oh, look, that person is fat and doesn't have this, this, this. As you start to do that, if you notice and call yourself out mid-sentence, you're disrupting the cycle. If you see you start looking at someone and go like, why am I thinking this? And you call out the fact that this is what I've grown up with. You've now stopped the cycle. So you're interrupting a cycle so that way you can now relearn a cycle. So those are quick ways to do it. It will take time. I think it's also coming from a point of view of when people are fearing weight gain, they think dieting is the answer. Oh, why? Well, of course. So the question to ask is, will dieting really make you feel better about yourself? And the big thing to say is it depends on the reasons for doing so. The, what dieting can guarantee is only one thing. It will change your body. It will give you a different body. Whether you're happy or confident in it is subjective. But it's realizing that the same mind is still driving that body. So if the mind is driving the body, and the body is where you want it to, and the, the, the mind is still not unhappy, the mind's going to win over time. The body's not going to win. The mind is always going to win. You have to realize that how you perceive yourself, how you, what you actually value is going to be the driver of where you want, where you go, whether you like it or not. You can only guarantee one thing when you diet. It will give you, it will change the body that you're in, but it won't change the thing that's driving it. Unfortunately, hence why we always recommend do the inner work. DTW. DTW. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's, this is going to be a hard one for an awful lot of people to kind of listen to. Um, like some of the comments and stuff like that, like if you're afraid of, of kind of waking and stuff like that, you may take yourself out of social situations. And I think Anne, Jane's client, uh, who was on the podcast a while ago, and um, we had one of the other, one of Jane's clients, Alyssa was on, is on tomorrow at the time of this being recorded. So she's out on the 30th or the 9th, if you want to go back to listen to that one. But it was the fear of being able to go out or should you be eating that and dealing with comments like that that was kind of a trigger for her. Mm. And those people kind of come out of like well, of nowhere and like, well, are you going to be eating all that? Or, well, someone is hungry or all that kind of stuff. And you, all you can say to really yourself is, 
but the way to shut them up is if this one, this sentence is, I can eat whatever I want. I hope you do too. <laughs> I like it. You approach it more diplomatic where I'm just like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you know, all you have to do is like, and, and then, the, and if they, what they probably could or will say if they come from a non-amazing background with food is, I heard that you should be avoiding X food if you're trying to lose weight or you know what you should eat is. All you have to say is, Appreciate your perspective, and I'm glad you're making choices that you know are best for you. Thank you, but I'm very happy with what I'm having right now, and appreciate it if we didn't discuss what I'm eating or dieting tips today. Uh, maybe we can talk about it another time. Boundaries. I want, I want everyone to listen. These are healthy ways of creating a boundary compared to saying "fuck off." <laughs> yeah, this is the this is the approach that I try to take with clients. But uh, sometimes Dallas lose patience. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's trying to get to the point that you can quickly create a boundary and the essence is when people are saying those things you need boundaries and i know we did the boundary podcast which i still recommend everyone always go and listen to for the very reason that most of us do not have boundaries and when we don't have boundaries we start to notice things slip into our lives that starts to cause more problems than they do actually help I think it's also to look at like if you like things are opening back up now and you may not have seen someone in a very long time they could be someone could be like oh i'm i'm kind of scared of how people will see me now if i put on weight or if i've lost weight now and i've uh, like well how heavy was i beforehand that kind of story can kind of come back in i know that's kind of kind of come up on your side but a lot of people when they're kind of like you lost some weight it looks good and you will be probably one of those sentences that's kind of says it doesn't sound terrible it's a compliment but it kind of isn't because I know from my own experience of you don't know what that person's done to get to that point. You don't know what whether that person is has been ill, which was what my case, or experiencing depression, which was my case. So we need to be careful from our own points of view of when we're giving out what we perceive as compliments, we may not necessarily know what that person is going through in the background. So if you're not comfortable with the comments being put onto you about your weight or weight gain. Why is it different for you than when you're putting them onto other people by saying she looks this way, she looks that way, he looks that way. You're doing the exact same thing. You're just targeting a different fucker. Yep. You're changing the target because it's easier than dealing with your own stuff. Amen. That person could have experienced a hell of a lot of trauma in their life. You owe it to yourself not to engage in those conversations. If you are going to get triggered by those conversations, simply politely decline, say you don't want to talk about it. And if someone gets a little bit thick, say, oh, well, I want to talk about it. Well, it's kind of like, fine. I'm going to change table. I'm going to leave the room. You take the power. And if those people aren't happy with how you've managed it, exactly. Like they're not your mates if that's the case. Yeah, and I had a tough conversation with one of the clients about that very same thing. I went like, if you're in a room of so-called friends and you're always in a position where you're judging yourself and trying to portray the best version of yourself because they're going to be judging you, then why are you in that room? Because they're not your mates. Your mates love you unconditionally. Your parents love you unconditionally. We hope. But it comes from a point that if you're in a position where you don't have that unconditional love, that unconditional respect, then why are you there? You're looking from validation from people who you don't truly love and want to be around. 
because it gives me a mini little high. Yeah. So you're looking for validation from others that you really don't give a shit. You're not hanging around with them on us on the weekend. You're seeing them, spending a lot of time with them when you're in the office and stuff. Fair enough. And you, you for um, work dynamics and stuff, you may may need to be PC and stuff like that. But you still have control of how you react because ultimately their words have no meaning unless you put the words to it or put your meaning to the words. So they say it's important to understand that if you're not comfortable with how you're getting comments on your weight, why are you doing it to other people? And then there's the other element of all I think about is my weight. And this is a very different conversation <laughs> and how I look. Well, the one thing that I would look at is, well, what accounts are you following on social media? Are you looking at your phone first thing in the morning and last thing at night? No wonder you're thinking about that stuff. Because the last thing you first thing you see in the morning and first last thing you see at night is girls with big glutes or lads with six packs. So no wonder that's being built over time. You've created that habit. You've created that behavior. You've created that trigger for yourself. Control your environment. So get rid of your social media accounts. I don't really follow any PTs unless they're conducive to where I want to go. Yeah. We can all we can all say, oh, but like I'm gonna be missing out. Missing out on what? Missing out and fucking triggering yourself every day. <laughs> How fucking stupid is that? Like, think about it. Like, oh, but what but what? You're not helping yourself. If you're not, if it's not helping you or aiding you in the direction you want to go, then why are you doing it? If you were trying to go from Dublin to Galway, would you slash your tires in your car first? Or would you fill it up with petrol, fill it up with a little bit of oil and make sure it has a bit of wind, uh, wiper fluid and stuff like that? That's probably what you would do. Control what you bloody can. But we also have to say, like, if people are on certain diets or people are doing certain things a tribalism thing can kind of come in as well like i should you be eating that i i'm on this diet i only lick carrots i'm a boring shite all this kind of stuff that's not helpful either like are you taking advice from karen in in the in the room that has struggled with their weight unfortunately for years because they would keep adopting the wrong approach and you're taking advice off that it's kind of like going to a lawyer for medical advice Yeah. Here's a bunch of paper. I'm sure this will work. Oh, yeah. Here's Dr. Google. He works every time. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I totally agree on that. It's, it's also it's because we always want the quickest fix. We want the change. So we're willing to listen to anyone who can give us the most craziest idea. Because, like, well, as you know, like, uh, what's it? Robert Kawasaki or whatever, Blue Ocean Strategy. You know, like, more polarizing things are, the more we're attracted to it. Because it's like, oh, no, no, this has to be the reason that's going to fix everything. It's just like, well, you know, you know, those boring things that people don't want to do, you know, the simple things that no one wants to do. Yeah. That's what creates the change. That what gets you to the end goal. For instance, for me doing my competition, it's not the fact that I showed up one day and decided to lift heavy. It was the methodical approach day in, day out. that gets me to the end goal. Can you remember what the numbers are from the compound effect? Uh, 1% every day. And then over 30 days, or would you rather have a million quid after a net given to you now? Is that what it is? 
Yeah, yeah. It's something like that. Yeah, because if you take over if you take it over 30 days and you compound develop your like something like what twice the amount, two, three times? Two points, two point six million. So like the thing what we're trying to talk about is compound effect. It's what you do over time that'll get you to your destination, probably a better position. So the thing there's a comp there's a thing called the compound effect. Um and they kind of offer of would you rather one million dollars right now or would you rather one cent which is doubled every single day for the 30 days and we'll give you whatever that amount is after 30 days. Most people will get jump on the one million dollars right now. But if you had waited until the end of the 30 days, you would get 2.6 million dollars. What's better? Yeah. That's that's what we mean, like the compound effect. It's it's being patient. Yeah, it's what we talk about. It's like, where do you want to be in six months, a year's time? And I think Bill Gates put it in a beautiful thing. He goes, a lot of people overestimate what they can do in five to 10 years and underestimate what they can do in one year. And it was just like, it's obviously slightly paraphrased, but it gives to show that a lot of us don't realize what time truly can do for us. It's we want it tomorrow. We're still recognizing that time is your biggest friend for change, for making you love yourself, for caring about yourself and getting to whatever those dreams you desire. Funny thing is, you probably actually don't want the weight loss. No, it's validation. <laughs> it's for 90. I would like, I'm coming up with random statistics here. So anyone who wants to call me out and then by all means you can. I'll I, call you out, don't worry. <laughs> I'm putting the caveat there. But for a majority of people, it is validation. It is, I want those likes. I want people recognizing me for who I am. We're in a world that there's what, seven, eight billion people. I went, people want to stand out. People want to be recognized because it's like, if you're not recognizing yourself, where are you going to go and search for it? But I, when people, I talk, when I talk to clients about kind of like the validation and where is it coming from and stuff, you're like, well, who do you spend the most of time with? Who did you come into? Who, who, did you, who joined you in this world? Who, did you, who are you going to leave this world with? You come into this world alone. You leave this world alone. You're talking to yourself more often than not than any other person around. So you better get friendly with that person because if you're not friendly with that person, it's not going to go very well. You are trying to get validation from others who truly probably couldn't truly give a shit what you do in general. Um, and they're too, everyone's too busy with their own shit. Everyone has their own shit going on. I don't think people realize that, that how I think a lot of what I've definitely realized over the, the, the last 18 months of coaching is everyone has had some blip in the last 18 months from a mental health perspective, from a family thing, from a friends thing, from a relationship thing, whatever it may be. Someone has, everyone, every single one of us has been affected by what has happened in the last 18 months. But the only thing that hasn't changed is that the, the way that you're talking to yourself, if you're still not talking to yourself in a positive light, it's going to be very different for self-esteem, self-acceptance, self-compassion to actually occur. And without those pre- three proper ingredients into like a cauldron or whatever it is, it's going to be very difficult for true change to actually occur. It's going to be very difficult for you to accept who you are. Um, I think it's and the hardest part for a lot of people is realizing that you probably you're chasing something that's never going to happen or if you are getting validation 
you're probably getting validation from those who you probably wouldn't swap places with anyway. Yeah. You're probably getting validation from people who are you're paying 10 euro a week to weigh you in and high five you when you're down to a when you're up. And those people may not be in the best position to give you the the help that you may need. They're in it. It's a fucking pyramid scheme. They get paid by how many members come into those meetings. Do not forget that. They're not there to help you. They're there to weigh you, take your money and say goodbye. See you next week. That's all they're there for. Also, think about the time wasted. I'm always the, the one thing that I've got. I, I, the one thing that I think I've realized over the last little while is people are spending 10 quid a week, 52 weeks a year. It's 520 quid in a year that they're spending. But some people may not be willing to spend that upfront to help themselves or do the work on themselves, but they're more than happy to put 520 quid in a year to, to do something that they know that's not going to work, know that they're not going to stick to more because it's like, oh, my friends go. Yeah, but so? So? Your friends go, if your friends go to the pub all the time and they're fucking miserable and depressed, do you have to join them? Surround yourself with all this are going to help your environment. Surround yourselves with people who are going to bring the direction you want to actually say you want to go. Bring, have people around you that will also call you out in your own bullshit. That's why I have Dallas in my life. I pay Dallas to call me out on my bullshit. And then I get told, really? Imposter syndrome again, Shane? Um, that's the famous one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, I think careful where you're taking your advice from be careful who you're taking your advice from if you are truly struggling with the fear of weight gain and you're coming from a a background of a binge eating disorder you need to go and talk to someone you need to go to a therapist you need to go and get that proper work done if you're coming from another point of view is well we spoke about my fitness pal is it serving you are you weighing yourself in every single day and every time it goes up, you're beating yourself up and then pressing the vocal button? Well, then you need to understand what the trigger is. If the, if the weighing scales is the trigger, you need to remove the trigger. And once that trigger has been removed, you probably understand that the true trigger is your self-esteem and how you and your self-worth and how you see yourself. Yeah. There's the true trigger. So you need to do that unsexy work in order to go where you want. This is something that's coming up more and more through the, the, the clients that we're working with. This is why this is so raw and i think blunt i think some people may not like our crassness or our bluntness but i truly don't care because i'm not changing me for anyone so exactly so why should why should you have to change yourself for anyone exactly and then if you find that it is hitting hard ask the very question what like what are you putting on it like how are you seeing it how are you seeing information as triggering it's going to help. But like talking about wasted time there for people to bring it more the morbid side of things. We have a limited time on this damn planet. Why do you want to spend most of that time in a wall with something in your head? I'm like, there's a certain amount of fucks to give. Spend them wisely. <laughs> um, Preferably in person. In the bed. <laughs> I've unlimited. Um, the I think that I think it's important for people like if, if something has kind of triggered you on this, and if we're if we're coming across as flippant, that's not what we're intending at all. Because this is something that an awful lot of like it's 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 actually quite scary 
uh, the amount of people that are actually struggling with this side of things. Yeah. The biggest thing is like a scales does not measure your actual weight. It measures your gravity, your relationship between gravity and you at that any one point. If you are stepping on it and you are unhappy with what, if it's going up or down, you may need to either remove the scales completely or you may need to step it on every single day and say, well, is this and understand it and educate yourself that it could be you haven't gone to the bathroom. Are you weighing yourself first thing in the morning? Fucking fasted. Stop weighing yourself in the evenings. Stop doing it four to five times in the day thinking those acute fluctuations are going to make you feel better. Oh, if I take the average, that's going to help me. No, it's not going to help you. Once isn't helping you. So why would five times help you? Oh, Stop putting, if you're putting yourself worth on the scale, before you step on scales tomorrow morning or whenever you're listening to this, ask yourself, is this going to trigger me? If this triggers me, why is it going to trigger me? Because I feel like a failure if it goes up. Well, why do you feel like a failure because it's going up? Because Mary down the road uh, is losing weight and she is doing well and I'm not doing well. Okay, so why are you going by what Mary does? You've still got another two more. Oh, God, you put me under pressure now. Uh, why, is this, what's, why are you doing what Mary does? Um, why does it matter what Mary's doing? And what's the last one? I can't remember the last one. Five wives, almost. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, no, I, I haven't got the last one. Um, no, but I think it's important to say, well, why are you are you comparing yourself to her journey? Has she put in more effort than you? Has she done it through a restrictive method? Does it really give a shit what method she's doing? Is she happy? Is she more content in herself? Are you putting your own insecurity and you getting jealous of what she's doing and she's able to stick to something that you haven't been able to do? Something that's going to trigger someone right now. Are you comparing yourself to someone? If you are comparing yourself to someone right now, I want you to stop and rephrase this sentence. What have you got that you that they haven't got? And this could also be countered. Someone's going to come back with the question is I don't want to I don't want to play myself against that other person. I'm not playing you against each other. That's the thing. It's not a game. It's your fucking life. Take ownership of your life. Take ownership of yourself. It's not a fucking game. You're making it a game. The only game that's going on is in your mind. There is no end goal to fitness. There is no end goal to weight. Health does not have an optimal weight. You have to realize that. If you took a shit right now and stood on the scales, it would go down. If you then proceeded to drink a liter or two liters of water, after that, the scales will go up. You have zero control over what that scale says. You do have control over how you react. You do have control over how you respond to certain situations. You do have control over your actions in relation to I go and eat everything that's in the house afterwards because I got jealous of Mary who has done, who has done the work this week and I've done not a whole lot. Eating the food afterwards is not going to bring you any closer. It's pushing you down the line further from where you want to go. So if that's triggering you, take a big deep breath in and ask this question. Is what I'm about to do going to serve me to act like the person I want to become? If the answer is no, sit. Wait 20 minutes and see how you feel. If you're still not feeling amazing, you're feeling anxious, you're feeling panicked, 
ask yourself again and check in and say, right, do I feel at ease? Do I feel ready? Am I ready to go and have this food? Can I control myself around this food? The funny thing is we all have control. The only thing that, the only thing that puts the food to our mouth is our own hand. We do all have control unless you have a, like a binge eating thing. That's very, very different. And we need to understand that binge eating is lack of control. Any emotional eating is you full control. You just decide and you don't feel. Um, you, you could stop if you want, but you decide not to because it's, it's there's too much pain going on. And that's an unfortunate position as well. I think yeah, too many people are struggling with that as well. Yeah. Is there anything you want to, to add in on the kind of like the fear of weight gain thing? And is there anything that you feel like kind of, should a tool that could be brought in with someone that I'd like to like we've spoken about getting away from the scales all that kind of stuff before. Yeah, I think we've gone through a lot of things um, just also rec- recommend no quick fixes Diet, a diet's not going to solve your problem yeah just stay away diet's not going to solve your problem and people will be like well why are you anti-diet now I'm not anti-diet I'm attached to zero movement and I think uh, good pal Paul Dermody is the king of way, the way he phrases this. I'm not anti-diet. I'm not pro-diet. I'm with what the client is able to do and pro what the client wants to do. Yeah. And I will bring the client in whatever direction they want to go. But if after a while and they're going that their approach for four weeks and it's not working, well, then it's up to us as coaches to say, well, this hasn't worked. There's the evidence of it. Can we try a different approach? But I'm scared. Diff- um, the whole thing of being scared is it's fear. Fear is blocking you. You're attached to a label. You're attached to a certain thing. You're attached to self-worth. You're attached to a, an identity of this is how I do everything. But it hasn't served you. You need to get low of the pe- let go of the pain of certain things and trials and tribulations in your life in order to be able to move on and, and free or and, and free them will ensue. And that's what happens with our clients. Those messages that kind of come in, those the, the, the amazing clients, the girls that are doing the 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 podcasts. I like. Alyssa, who was on 30th of the 9th episode, I think it's episode 214. I think different, different girl. Yeah. Um, and it's a credit to her. It's a credit to see. And she's only 21, 22, I think. And it's just like, it doesn't matter what age you are, it, it, things can still occur. But you have to seek the validation from you first before you can seek the validation from everyone else because they're not going to give it to you. They're not going to give it to you. It's like someone, if you're watching porn right now, it's like the fucking porn start coming out of the screen. It's not going to happen. They're not going to finish you off. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's the noise you want. <laughs> All right. On that uh, high-pitched note, Dallas, um, <laughs> So, guys, if you want to, um, I don't know if people will want to work with us after that noise. <laughs> uh, if there's, uh, if you guys want to work with us at all, please do pop us a message DM. If there's anything that's triggered you in that episode, please do pop us a DM. And we're happy to kind of go through with you. If you want to jump on a call, pop us a DM or go to www.shamewashfitness.com. Um, we've kind of, the book is kind of coming out now on the, 23rd of December so it's not far away I haven't got long to finish it up um, and I'm excited for that and we've got a new team member as well uh, Sarah has joined as kind of like a a junior coach 
um to help us with kind of the podcast stuff as well so i'm excited for that she's going to be driving the, the guests that are kind of coming on and and seeing that side of things so uh dallas as always um thank you for for coming on uh, it's always been a pleasure and i hope everyone enjoys guys if you've enjoyed it please do tag us up on your story and if there's any questions or do pop us a message